Hello and welcome to No Bad Hops, the podcast all about baseball and beer. I'm your host, Anthony. This is our season preview edition of the podcast. Last year, I took a look at all 30 MLB teams and previewed each of them by myself. And while, you know, drinking alone can be fun at times, it's much more enjoyable to share a beer with a friend. So that's what I decided to do for this year. So this year's uh, season preview will be focusing on fans and what they hope for for 2024 from their teams. We'll look at their off seasons. We'll talk to them about who they're excited about watching in 2024 and what they're hoping for for their favorite teams. We'll have a beer. We'll talk about some other stuff as well. So we look forward to you joining us and being a part of it. If you want to join the conversation, if one of your favorite teams is like the Kansas City Royals, please reach out to me via direct message on Instagram at Major League Brews, or you can email me at aabrew162 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. And welcome to the No Bad Hops 2024 season previews. Today, I am here with Colin, and we're going to be talking about the Boston Red Sox. Colin, thanks for joining me. Appreciate you having me, Anthony. Looking forward to it. So before we get started and talking about the Red Sox, you have a Instagram all about your beer. What made you decide to start that up? Um, you know, just something I was doing, uh, on a daily basis anyway, you know, the, the beer hunt was always in my life and, you know, suddenly my phone, I would scroll through it. I'm looking full of pictures of beers that I've tried and, you know, trying to remember and, you know, comparing hot profiles and things like that. And so, um, just for fun, thought I'd go a little bit more public with it and, and see, uh, you know, if I could engage a little more and, and, you know, meet some cool people along the way. And of course that led us here too. So, uh, it's been a good adventure for the last year or so. Nice. Yeah. I, I think my original thought of doing it was I, I was posting them on like my, my regular like Instagram account. And I was like, my friends don't want to see that, <laughs> that many pictures of what I'm drinking. And I'm like, and my family might get worried. So <laughs> right. It's got to go to the right crowd. Uh, and this, this yeah. kind of solves that with the separate handle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, I was like, all right, this works out well. And I, you know, I've, I've met a lot of great people, um, uh, done a lot of cool things because of it so um what's probably been one of the the best things that you've gotten out of you know doing this uh, a beer instagram account um i think you know either just like the you know chance to do do a meetup when you're local and traveling or just the recommendations like no one's shy with um you know their comments and their feedback on on beers that you post but also like if you recognize that someone's local to an area and you reach out to them they're immediate to respond to you and get back to you and say, Hey, like a, B and C is where you need to go. And, uh, you know, I think that that insight has been so fun and, and I've certainly taken advantage of that in my, uh, you know, kind of travels beyond, you know, what I'm drinking locally here. Yeah. What, uh, any place that stood out that you may not have gone to because, you know, it wasn't on your radar, but someone pointed out to you. Um, yeah, a couple of spots out in, in Fort Worth, you know, when I was last there, uh, you know, there's some big production spots that I probably wouldn't have, uh, thought of, sorry, this is Charlie. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, like, like, like Martin house, right? Like their beer is absolutely delicious. Um, and you can get it anywhere. And I was kind of looking for some little more niche spots, like, no, like great spots. So, um, that was great. Uh, New York, you know, there's so many good beers in the greater New York area. Um, and I probably wouldn't have stayed in Manhattan, you know, I was seeing more Brooklyn on side and then I went to, to Torture Crown, which is an awesome experience too. So, um, just a few things that, you know, don't necessarily pop up on, on your Google right away, but that, 
you know, people that are local there can certainly provide a little more insight. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, and I love Torch and Crown. I went there last year for, uh, I just had a day off and I was like, I'm going to go to the city, um, which I never do. And I went to the MLB store. Uh, they have a big shop, uh, downtown, uh, in, in midtown basically. And, um, then I was like, well, Torch and Crown's like a few blocks away. So let me make the, 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 the journey down there. And, uh, it was definitely an awesome experience. I love how all their fermenters and uh, are named after uh, like rappers from the from the nine uh, late eighties. Um, yeah, they have a scene there. I was there actually. It was uh, last summer, so or I guess fall. Um, so the World Cup was going on. So they had quite a you know crowd too, and, and uh, you know fun little beer garden set up for for that. In addition to all the, you know, it's a lovely facility. Just I mean, in the yeah. right in the middle of Manhattan, right? I mean, like. Who would have thought? So, uh, yeah, it's been 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 good to to get everyone's insight. Awesome. So, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, it's got to be a beer from New England, right? We're talking socks. Um, <laughs> so, um, I went with Hazy Rays, uh, of course, from Lawson's. You know, sip of sunshine is everyone's favorite, and it's it's certainly one of mine too. But uh, you know, I had to keep my wits about me a little bit and and go a little <laughs> lighter with something here while we're talking baseball. So, um, you know, this is just so solid and crushable at, I think it's five, three or something. Uh, something that's going to keep me, keep me in line here, but still going to give me that big, big burst of flavor. It's got a nice little backbone to it. So we're ready to go. I'm actually drinking out of my, uh, dugout mug here. I pulled nice. this out for special socks related occasions. So <laughs> I thought the time was, uh, was fitting for this talk. That's awesome. Very cool. What are you drinking? Have you ever been, have you, uh, I actually have, I, I went with new England beer as well. I went with right a tree house. All um, right. I went with very green for tonight. Uh, figured, you know, I don't want to go as big as you know a big Julius, but uh, eight point three on the double IPA still, you know, it, it'll make me feeling good. But you know, we're talking socks and and, and Yank. And I'm a Yankees fan, so yeah, yeah. There's a little controversy potentially, so yeah, you gotta you gotta feel like uh, you know a little looser. <laughs> so I went the opposite way instead of keeping my wits about me. I went with some, <laughs> yeah, you, know. yeah. you might get rowdy. <laughs> yeah, it might be. You never know. Uh, but I, I'd actually, for the first time I was ever there at, uh, the Charlton spot. So that was pretty cool to, to actually go see, um, when I was on my oh, way yeah. up to Maine. Have you ever been to Lawson's? I have not. No, definitely on the list. And, uh, yeah. Treehouse too. I've been to, to Deerfield, um, okay. which is a phenomenal facility. Um, that's the one that's closest to, to where I grew up out in the Western part of the state. So, um, great scene there the pizza also is phenomenal highly highly recommend the, the food scene at, yeah. at the Deerfield location but yeah getting up through through the trail a little bit into um you know some of the the spots in in a bit north of us would would be nice including Lawson's yeah I've never done the the Vermont breweries uh that's one of like the the ones I'd like to do just hit like Lawson's and uh uh heady uh alchemist and yeah. things like Al that yeah. we're in that uh, but not, not yet. So we, we hit those, you know, we hit Treehouse on the way up to Maine and hit some of the breweries up in Portland. So that, that was kind of cool. Um, I would like to go back to Portland again, do like a sea dogs game and, uh, and hit some of those breweries again though. Yeah. It's a great little town. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a small town feel in a, in a great city and just being on the coast. It's awesome. So yeah, you were there, uh, pretty recently, right? Yeah. Uh, December. All right. Yeah. Right on. See, Great trip. Yeah.
So you're out in Denver now, you were saying to, uh, to me before. Um, yeah. You were, but you lived in Boston at some point. That's where your, your fandom kind of came from. Exactly. Yeah. I grew up, I grew up in Western Mass. Um, and then, you know, I've kind of been a little bit of a nomad since. So um, I've been in upstate New York. I've been in Chicago. I've been in Austin. And then I finally got back to Boston for uh, three years. And then just recently, you know, work brought us back out uh, away from the city. But that's the end goal. Uh, and, and that'll always, you know, Massachusetts will always be home. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's where it all started. Nice. Awesome. So you're out in Denver. Do you get to a lot of, uh, Rockies games or, is, or do you kind of not get to those? They try to go see other ballparks, make trips. What, what, what's your, uh, baseball viewing in person habit now? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, uh, few and far between, uh, just, you know, last season was, um, the start of the season was the end of my wife's pregnancy. So, uh, you know, the, the, the trips with the boys, uh, to the ballparks were put on hold for a little bit. Um, so we'll remain to be, uh, seeing what happens as, uh, as we get to this, to this season, we did go, um, my in-laws are down outside of Scottsdale. So, uh, you know, to, to go and see a D-backs game was, uh, just easy. And it's, it's a friendly, easy park to get to. So, Mm. Um, that was fine last summer at the end uh, of the year in, in September. Um, but we'll see what the, what the season brings. Like I said, the, the Sox come here for a three game set. So that's high on the radar. Um, yeah. but I don't know how, uh, otherwise, uh, I'll pencil in, uh, some in-person viewing. Yeah. I know my, my boys are eight and six and it's getting a little easier now, but we tend to go more minor league baseball games just because, you know, on a, Tuesday night or, you know, even during the summer, it's bedtimes and crankiness and uh, <laughs> how much food they want to eat. Uh, my son wants to eat as many footlongs as he can at a stadium. And uh, at Yankee Stadium, that, that you know, you'll go broke. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear you on that. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, I'm going to pour my beer. I did not. I did not go at my Yankee bat mug out of courtesy to the Red Sox. So, you know, I, I figured I'd go with the uh, the glass with all the teams on it. There you so, go. A little more universal. Yeah, you know, keeping it, uh, not generic, but keeping it uh, open to everybody. So, right. cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me. So, Red Sox 2023 season. How, how did that go for you? <laughs> you know, I told myself, I was like, I, I, I could really get off the rails and get negative here. So I have to stay positive. Let's let's, if I start going in that direction, you know, kind of guide me here. Right. But you got um, it. It was tough. 2023 was, was tough. It was, there's lots of ups and downs. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, finishing in last place and finishing in last place for the second straight year and nonetheless a very competitive division, as you know, but still last place. Like it's, it's, it's not the standard and it's not what we, we expect as fans. Right. Um, I mean, if we break it down offensively, we weren't horrible offensively. We're okay. You know, there's some fairly consistent production in the middle of that lineup. Um, you know, Devers JT being here for the year, uh, that, that was fine. You saw some of these guys get off to pretty hot starts. You know, you look at your Verdugos and your Yoshidas. I mean, you know, this, these guys are in contention for an all-star bid for the first half of the season. Um, 
and then just you know the results weren't 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 the same. And then you had some guys kind of playing the opposite role too. I think you know, like uh, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about Tristan Casas as uh, comparing him to the slow start that Petey got with his you know first major league experience. And then you know suddenly we see, hey, this guy can rake, right? This guy can can really uh, drive the ball from from the left hand side of the plate. So um, it just all you know was fine offensively. I think you know at the end of the day, we're going to be top third of the league, and or we finished top third of the league. Now we're going to be. Uh, we were in, you know, hits and and, and runs, but um, that only works when your team is is working in sync. And we didn't get the production from the pitching side, right? I mean, you look at the the pitching side; it's almost marks. This is around the time last year, Cora's telling us that uh, a washed Corey Kluber is going to be our opening day starter, right? Like that's that's yeah. tough, and and that's no disrespect to a phenomenal career uh, that Corey Kluber had. Um, you know, really enjoyed watching him not in a Red Sox uniform because uh, <laughs> of the stuff he had. But, but, you know, last year you're going with a starting rotation and, you know, three of your top guys are Kluber, Sale, Tanner Houck, um, and all of them spent time in the IL, right? All of them. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Kluber didn't finish the season. Uh, Sale, unfortunately, if there's a too strong of Augusta wind, he's injury prone, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate for him as he kind of failed the better half of his extension with the Sox, and, you know, how could that unfortunate situation, you know, taking, taking the ball off the face, but, uh, you know, to start there. And then we had guys start on the IL, you know, James Paxton wasn't ready. Um, yep. I know all about the James ready. Paxton. <laughs> the James Paxton experience is something I'm very familiar with, but. <laughs> right. So, you know, he didn't open the year. Uh, Garrett Whitlock, you know, didn't open the year. Brian Bayo wasn't ready at the start of the season. Um, so it was tough. So from like a pitching perspective, I mean, when you're looking at our stats and you're, you're watching, you know, broadcasts and things like that, and you listen to Boston Sports Radio, whatever, and you're being put in categories from a pitching perspective with the Rockies and A's and the White Soxes of the world, like it's not a category you want to be in, right? <laughs> like that's, that's unfortunately um, – not where we want to be. And, and, and there were some encouraging things from, from the bullpen too. I mean, Chris Martin was probably the best player on the Red Sox all year last year. Um, you know, Jansen's was, was a solid addition to the, to the team. And, you know, of course he was our, our only all-star um, last year too. So it, it felt like if we could get the games to our bullpen, Pavetta pitched decently out of the, you know, in long relief when Kowski came on strong, like, like we were going to be okay, but like we didn't have the starting depth. We didn't have inning eaters. Uh, yeah. and, and it just, you saw we were gassed by July. Uh, and then we're going with two openers. Some of these weeks start beginning in July through the end of the season. Like it's, it's not a model that, that works. And, uh, I mean, defensively too, uh, Kike to start the season as our shortstop with, um, story injured that that experience didn't go well. Devers kind of regressed defensively, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, Yoshida isn't known as a phenomenal defender in left field. Uh, obviously, you know, the short porch and in down the line and, and left at Fenway makes that a little easier, but on the road, it's it's certainly gonna look exposed. Um, I mean, that left side, even Duran, you know, coming on playing a lot of center for us, he's not known as. He's known for speed, but not necessarily as a phenomenal defender. So, like, when your left side is weak and we leave the league in errors, like, you know, it's it's tough. You can lose games on, on you know, this. And when you guys are 
struggling to eat innings anyway, it's it's hard. Yeah. So we had some bright spots. Again, I'm I'm, I'm turn, changing the tone. <laughs> we had some bright spots. Uh, we we did. Sorry, I, I you let me go down that rabbit hole. And uh, <laughs> um, no, there, there were some good things that uh, that came out of it. You know, we were contending for a wild card for you know, the first couple months of the of the season, and um, you know, I think when the trade day deadline comes, you know, when you're a buyer or a seller, it's it's obvious and when we didn't add to a very, very struggling pitching rotation, it was obvious that we were kind of punting a little bit on the, on the season, you know? So um, as a fan, that's just kind of a tough pill to swallow, but nonetheless on to 2024, I guess. <laughs> so, well, moving on to 2024 and, and looking forward, I know there's been a lot of talk uh, from players th- uh, themselves about what direction this team is going. Uh, Jansen seems a little uh, uh, not disembodied, but uh, disillusioned with the way he's kind of come into it. Uh, Devers has made some comments. Uh, When you hear things like that, how does that leave you as a fan feeling about what to look forward to for 2024? You just hope they're heard. You hope that somehow John Henry hears that you're, all-star player, right? A guy that you just gave a massive contract to is, is unhappy. You hope somehow that forces his wallet to open up, right? It's, it's, it's not that the funds aren't there. It's the willingness to spend them is what it seemingly feels like in, in, in Red Sox nation, right? We, we are operating like a mid-market team and you know, this is a prized historic franchise. This is a franchise that we expect to operate, um, you know, with the Yankees, with the Dodgers, with, you know, and it's, it's not happening, right? It's, um, it's, it's disheartening. So to kind of see that your players are fired up too, it's, I, I like it because I want that. Like the, you feel like the more pushback that, you know, ownership and management get, yeah, the more likely they're going to make a decision. Now I have no idea if that's true or not, but that's just how <laughs> it feels to me. Yeah. Now I don't want to go too negative, but in the last couple of years, some big names have left the Red Sox. Which one hurt more, Mookie or Xander? You know, I think in the they both stunk. <laughs> um, I I think the reality is that the impact of the Mookie trade is still playing out because yeah. you know you see Jeter Downs isn't with the Red Sox organization anymore. Alex Verdugo isn't with the Red Sox organization anymore. Connor Wong is projecting as a like potential backup once Kyle Teal is ready to, to make it to the major level. Like that's a ridiculously poor return for a, a guy who's annually in the MVP conversation, right? And yeah. should have been the face of this franchise for a long time. Now, uh we'll we'll see what Xander does for the remainder of his contract. I think there's there's still uh time for that one to hurt a little more based on the production that he provides to that to that Padres team uh but right now still like the the sting of Mookie is 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 unreal and and seeing you know his success and seeing the the you know lack of return and the lack of value we got for the players we got back not to say you know Connor Wong would be a great you know four game every four or four out of five catcher probably this year and um you know he'll hit in the eighth or nine he'll be fine but uh, still, it's a bummer. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine that, and especially seeing like Verdugo now in Yankee uniform, uh, and then Jeter Downs. I think he's on his like fourth team this off season. He's he was he got yeah. picked up by the Yankees. He got let go by the Yankees. I, I saw him get picked up by somebody else the other day, um, and I think he might have got released and 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 uh, picked up again. So um, that does not speak well to <laughs> to that to the scouting at, uh, that, that was done beforehand uh, yep. making that trade. And not that Verdugo was a, a bad player to acquire in, in that, but then to move on as quickly uh, kind of, I guess kind of tells you everything you needed to know about what, what the direction they were going. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you can ask anyone. I think there's still going to be bitterness for years to come on that. <laughs> this was our player. Like Mookie was our franchise. Yeah. And he's so likable too. And uh, the, yeah. everything from the smile to like the bowling, you know, everything about him. It's just like yeah. wholesome Mookie, <laughs> Mookie bets. Like who can totally. him? Totally. Um, yeah. So even uh, as a Yankee fan, I, you can't, I couldn't hate Mookie bets. He was just, you know, too good of a player, but and, I, and I've been able to hate, hate Red Sox players before, so, <laughs> but Mookie bets was not, not one of them. So <laughs> Yep. All right. So we got 2024 um, coming up. Uh, looking to that team, the, they didn't make a lot of moves this off season. You know, well, actually, they 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 made a lot of trades. They they were very active in the trade market. They traded for Tyler O'Neill. Uh, they traded for uh, Vaughn Grissom from the Braves and, and moved on from Sale. What of the moves that they made this off season were you most excited about? Nothing really excited me that much, you know, we're to, to be honest, you know, you look at, at the net outcome of the moves and I think you hope for potential and some organizational pitching depth, right? Like the first move we made um, was way back. I don't know, shortly after the season ended in, in November with uh, Luis Urias going to Seattle and, and, you know, we get Campbell, right. And, uh, you know, he's a stud when he's, when he has control, blah, blah, blah. It's all good. But last year we acquired Urias at the trade deadline when thinking we're, we're pairing him with story up the middle for years to come. Right. So, yeah. All right. That's, um, a second baseman. And in return, we get our future second baseman in the sale trade. Giolito fills the role of sale. Uh, you know, O'Neill potentially is going to, you know, obviously uh, play a big role potentially in all three outfield positions. And that guy's like the Hulk and 0% body fat and like such like a plus gold glove defender. Um, so you hope he can stay healthy. But again, that's like Verdugo O'Neill, Urias uh, Grissom, Sale Giolito. Like it's, it's again, and, and with some of these came, you know, some pitching prospects and, and some organizational depth, but it doesn't, there's no spark, right? There's nothing like this big splash that really excites you. So like to this day, man, I, I wake up and like, I'm checking Twitter and hoping that that Jordan Montgomery signing is happening like every day. <laughs> I've been doing that for months, you know? Um, it was it was fine when I thought we were in the, in the sweepstakes for a, a few bigger names earlier in the off season and nothing came to fruition there. But um, 
I mean, this is a guy that apparently is, is, his wife has a residency in Boston right now. He's, he's he was working out there. He's been in contact with the team regularly. Like, there's there's no I don't I don't know why we don't pull the trigger. So I, I literally just checked before we got on here to hope that, but <laughs> like I could like will this into existence and and be <laughs> pleased to talk to you about the Jordan Montgomery signing. But uh, no dice as of now. Yeah. No. It, yeah. It has kind of felt a little like a rearranging the deck chairs. Uh, on the Titanic and not that they're a sinking ship in that way, but just, you know, you said it Giolito for sale, you know, there's upside you're getting a younger version, hopefully a little more healthy, but Giolito had a rough 2023. So Kenny, okay. Kenny bounced back. Tyler O'Neill had a rough 2023, but put up an MVP type season in 2022. So it, there is, I think they, I like the upside that they went with on these. Um, even Vaughn Grissom, I think, is there's probably a little less floor with him than Urias, but a little more ceiling uh, yeah. for him. Um, I agree with that. And I feel like that's that's what they kind of went with. They went with more, you know, lottery ticket versus floor of what they could have. So if it pays out, great. You might have three great players. It could look phenomenal in a few months. Like, you know, don't, don't come back yeah. to this conversation if it does, right? <laughs> just no, we'll this, delete it. this video if it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can cut this chunk out. We can do a lot right, of right. Uh, So beside the Jordan Montgomery move, I'm sure Yamamoto was, you know, everybody wanted Yamamoto and everyone, I, I thought the Yankees were in, the Red Sox sounded they were in, the Met, everybody seemed in on it. In. Yeah. When... I kind of had the feeling he was going to the Dodgers, but there was that little part of me. Once they gave him the number 18 Yankee jersey, I was like, well, he's got a sign. He's got the he's got the jersey already. Come on. Um, yeah. so that was disappointing not to see him come to the Yankees. Or, you know, I'm glad he didn't go to the Red Sox, but um, just you know, the Jordan Montgomery move, other than those two, is there any other move you wish or area of uh need that you you would have liked them to address this offseason? The conversation around here is still a little bit about a right-handed bat, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of to, to, to pick up the the piece that JT left. Um, obviously, him signing with the Jays was was kind of heartbreaking too. It's he's one of those guys that plays for your team for one season, and somehow you just absolutely fall in love with him. Um, I think just you know from character and production, right? Uh, a good a good guy seemingly, uh, and and a great ball player. Um, he's had a great career, so there's talked about that, um, and and it's. If something comes together there, great. I think, you know, if something doesn't, we're going to see how some of the remaining position battles in camp kind of shape up. You know, does Rafael win the center field job? Um, does does Bobby Dahlbeck have any role on this team? You know, these kind of like could be that right-handed bat for you. Obviously, you know, O'Neill and Ref Snyder are going to uh, go in and, and, and try to mash lefty matchups too. So, I don't think that's as critical, but that seems to be the secondary piece or the secondary ask in the talk around the town here. Um, but pitching, 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 if you ask me. Yeah. The, they do have, a, uh, according to like Fangraphs, five top 100 prospects. Um, so that at least gives you a little bit of, Hey, there, there, there are people, there are, guys coming up who can uh fill in those needs if you know everybody pans out which 
prospects or prospects. You, you, you never know what you're going to get, but uh, do you follow a lot of like who, who's on the farm and who, who is in the system kind of as you, as you consume baseball or are you more just what's on the, the major league roster is where you kind of keep your focus? It's kind of transitioned, you know, because uh, in a previous life, and by that I mean like going back like up to five years ago, you didn't have to, and like yeah. in this town, right? Like it's it's the expectation was we were competing at a major league level year in and year out, and organizational depth wasn't as prominent, right? And um, you know, suddenly you have a few seasons where you're bottom of the L East, where you're one of the worst teams in the league and, and you're getting these top tier draft picks and you start to pay attention a little bit more. You know, I wouldn't say I'm still like fully engaged, but um, you know, the way that Bloom and now Breslow and um, you know, the other guys, you know, Sam Kennedy and these guys are making decisions regarding the protection of these assets and saying, there's no way in hell we're giving up one of these guys for, you know, your Anthony's and Mayers and, uh, you know, Kyle Teal obviously coming out of the draft at, uh, with such a, you know, promising future as our, our catcher of the future. Like the way that they're untouchable, it makes you kind of, you know, perk up and pay attention a little bit, but historically, like it didn't matter, you know, we we're going to spend yeah. and we we're going to, you know, uh, our goal is to put numbers in the win column at the MLB level. Um, but now a little bit more than in, in, in years past. Yeah. I kind of feel this felt the same way. Most of those, the guys down in the, in the minors for the Yankees or, you know, the Red Sox, those were kind of guys that they were going to trade for whatever piece they needed at the deadline. So yeah. don't get too attached to them. Don't, don't dream on whoever it's going to be being your starting center fielder or left fielder. Um, so, but, but now with the, with the emphasis being on, on youth and the controllability, you know, the, the years of control, uh, I think that's made like baseball fans in general have to kind of care more about who they have coming up because those guys are probably coming up for your team. Right. Um, they will see major league action for your team as opposed to years past where like, like you said, they're, they are to get you major league talents. Like their talent right. brings in major league talent to some of these, you know, smaller mid market teams. Yeah. And even a team like the Dodgers, they they are overflowing with with people with a uh, top tier talent at times, and they just have they have guys just to trade. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but the, but you know who the ones they're protecting and the the, the deal breaker kind of guys that that they hold on to uh, are, are ones you pay attention to. So uh, so there is some exciting things coming hopefully for the Red Sox in, in that regard. You know five five players on, on the top 100 is a good thing. Um, and the, you know, who are you currently on the, the roster? Would you say you're most, most excited to watch? Um, you know, Tyler O'Neill maybe didn't move it for you, but is there someone <laughs> are previously on the team who, who, who does, who you are looking forward to watching this season? Uh, I decided I want to take this one in, in three parts. I'm making a podium. All right. Okay. Uh, and it's, 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 there's, there's a common theme here though. And it's, it's like All the right. sophomore leap. Okay. So that's what I'm going for the sophomore leap. So, um, Yoshida, semi-interesting to me, right? Uh, this is a guy who, like Lou said earlier at the end of the season, looked absolutely gassed. Um, but the, 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 the talent is there, you know, um, 
came in, there was a WBC, you're learning a new team, a new country, a new style. I mean, it, there was a lot of factors there. We actually like fired his translator at the end off season. Didn't feel like there was connection there. I mean, there was a lot of factors, things going on there. Um, but he, he can hit for average and he like has a really, really strong sense of the strike zone. You see, that's a guy that doesn't have a ton of swing and misses at, at horrible pitches and doesn't strike out a ton. Um, you know, I think he still finished the year at 289, 290. So, um, not a horrible, horrible average there, but, uh, you know, supposedly he's going to get more reps in the DH slot and that'll kind of protect him. He's, you know, and changes training a little bit and, you know, comes in with a kind of fresh, uh, you know, approach after having a season under his belt. So, um, he's, he's kind of on my radar in, in that sense and see what he can do in that, you know, likely six, five, seven slot, maybe in our, in our lineup. Um, Bayo, I'll, I'll go with him as my, my number two. Um, I mean, any, anyone that's spending time with Pedro Martinez is on my radar, right? A guy that, yeah. uh, uh, you know, has come out and has said that his, his goal in this game is to be an ace and to be a number one starter like that, that, that fires you up as a fan. Um, and he, and you saw he had plus stuff last year, you know, he, yeah. He has, uh, you know, a four-seam and a two-seam. With the two-seam has phenomenal movement, and and you know the way he utilizes those differently, um, mostly differently against righties and lefties. It seems is 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 uh, you know showcasing his talent is in a, like a changeup that I think could be a filthy pitch. You know, you saw it was a filthy pitch last year, and then you know you throw in um, that breaking ball too with a slider, and 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 you you have a really good complement of pitches. So. I don't think he's there yet. I'm expecting that Giolito takes the ball, uh, you know, game one. But, uh, you know, this should be a guy that should sit in that two or three hole um, and go out and continue to improve this year. And uh, But number one, Casas. Like, that's what I'm most excited about. Um, that dude can rake, like I said. Yeah. Like, you know, that guy should be a 30-homer, 100-RBI kind of guy. Right. And, um, you know, he, he came up a couple of seasons ago and kind of rubs some guys the wrong way with his approach and tanning in the outfield and painting nails. You see, he's kind of this <laughs> personality, right. That yeah. some of these guys, I think like, you know, including like JD Martinez and some of the veteran guys were like, eh, I don't know about you, man. And, and, uh, you know, maybe he did rub some people the wrong way, but, um, you know, he, he showed he can be a staple in this lineup. And it's so critical to Devers' success too, right? You need that protection in your lineup. You know, Devers should sit there in the two hole and, and should know that there's some guys behind him that, um, you know, compliment him enough so that he sees good pitches and, and, and so that he can rake too. Um, it's always always important to get get your star player to see to see pitches. Um, so, you know, Casas and, and, and Casas is uh, in Bayo too. I mean, both of them are, are in line for big, big bags of money. Right. So we'll see what comes out of that. If, if again, this is on, uh, you know, starting from the top, John Henry and, uh, the guys below to open up the checkbook and, uh, keep these guys in, you know, as a starter in our rotation for years to come and as a bat in the middle of our lineup for, for years to come. So we'll see. Um, Costas is also apparently, uh, uh, taking a lead role in the Netflix documentary that the, you know, is falling around the socks in camp now. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see where that uh, ends up, but I, I expect him to be a entertaining personality and I just expect huge production. I mean, if he doesn't hit 30 home runs, like I'd be very surprised. 
How many times do they show him napping in the Netflix documentary? Uh, unknown. Two TBD when once they release it, we'll see. But like, yeah, we 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 should we should put a little uh, wager on that uh, to see what his you know Zen routine is uh, to get ready yeah. for games because it's certainly unusual. And I know I remember reading like uh, I think it might have been like an athletic article just on how like they the veterans didn't like all those like little things. And and I get it, you know, once you're an established player, but he's been doing this his whole life. It's not like he just came up yeah. and was like, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to create these things. Right. Right. No, so, that was, you know, um, part of I mean, Hey, everyone has their quirks and their routines, right? If, if you can produce on the fields to me, who cares? Right. But you know, certainly there is some rigidity in in a variety of our locker rooms of, of what's acceptable and what's not and, and how you mold to that. So sometimes you rub people the wrong way. Yeah. So you said 30 home runs, 100 RBIs. I, I, I think he's capable of it. He's got he's got the the bat for it. Um he really came he really midseason started hitting his stride and, and really took off. Um so I, I I mean, he's a good young hitter. You, you gotta, you gotta enjoy that kind of production out, out of him um, if it can come. I think staying healthy is probably a big thing for him. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know he's. I, I just, I was checking the the roster and I saw a little, the little cross next to his name. I'm like, oh no, what happened to him already? Yeah. He's got the flu, so it, it doesn't look like that'll keep him out too long. <laughs> um, Should but be okay. Thinking but... of, yeah. Looking at injured prone players, what do you expect out of Trevor's story in was this year three now of his Red Sox tenure? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's the clubhouse leader, is, is what it seems. You know, I, I think the uh, he's going to take on kind of that strong role that JT had last year. And um, what he does is, is seemingly phenomenal. You know, I know he had a lot of the young guys in a camp that he just organized himself in the offseason. Uh, that, that he kind of took that from Troy Tulowitzki. I think it was when he was in the Rockies organization, did that for the young guys. So he's kind of paying it forward. Um, but just the way he carries himself, he's a, he's a, he's definitely a professional and he's definitely not going to let this team kind of roll over is, is what I expect. Right. Like he will, he will demand excellence out of his teammates and, and out of himself too. Um, you know, health, another thing, like you said, if he stays healthy, you know, he's, he's fairly dynamic on the base path. He's, he's a plus defender. Um, he swings a great back for average and, you know, can have some pop. Like, like he's, he's a all around player. Um, and certainly at a position where we have uh, had a lot of failures and a lot of experiments last year, uh, yeah. know, starting with that Kike, Kike Hernandez experience. So to have that stability, position wise, have that stability in their spot in the lineup and have that leadership in the clubhouse. I expect big things for him. Um, but like I said, I think his production on the field will also be, um, you know, seconded to what he brings as a leader to this team. It's, 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 there's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, these guys that are unknown, you know, a lot of question marks, a lot of young talents. And, and he's certainly that, and, you know, you look at Devers and he's, he's a great player, but he's, he's not there from a standpoint of leadership, you know? And really to build in you know, Trevor story is going to, going to hold locker room. Does Anthony make it to center field this year for the Red Sox or they keep him down? <sighs> Not manipulating service time kind of thing, but is he ready to take on the starting center fielder job for the Boston Red Sox? 
it's it seems like that's one of the biggest question marks on our roster, right? Because it seems like from what Cora has said that Rafael is going to get every chance to take that job. Um, and then you kind of see where Duran fits in, in left or whatever the case may be with, with Duran. He's his, he's a name that's also been floated around and still seems seemingly has floated around for, for trade um, value. And he's a guy that's not playing right now um, with just, you know, kind of getting over a minor injury. Uh, so he's going to be ready here in the week or so. But so I say for this year, uh, it wouldn't be anything more than a you know call up when we expand the rosters at the end of the year. I, I don't see uh, that happening. Um, but is he an exciting player? Oh yeah, like just you know watching him him uh, you know in our uh, spring training game against the Twins today. You know he, you can tell like that's that that guy's got it. So. I will look forward to him being a member of this team at the big league level, but uh, not yet. If you ask me. All right. Kenley Jansen. Is, does he finish the year at Red Sox? Depends on where we are in July. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think at this point he's on the opening day roster. Um, I, I don't think in the window between now and opening day, he's traded, but um He's easily one of the most movable pieces, uh, and one of them, you know, you can never have enough bullpen arms when you're making a, a playoff run, right? So, um, I would foresee that if, unfortunately, we are uh, buyers at the, or I'm sorry, sellers at at the deadline, uh, he is likely the first or second one out the door. Uh, who else would Who else would you foresee being uh, pieces that would be moved at that, at that point? If they were sellers, not we're not going negative here, but if right, <laughs> hypothetically, things... I mean, this probably won't happen, but um, <laughs> no, I, th- I think uh, you know, it remains to be seen too. Um, you know, Martin's a guy that that again was such a stud and deserves to be playing for, for a contender, um, at that point. So, I think the you know, again, the bullpen is solid. I don't see um, any of these guys that have pretty extensive time on their contract left, like Yoshida's come up as a trade, like, like, like that's not a yeah. mid season trade you make, right. You kind of, um, are looking for these short term rentals or not necessarily looking for, it, but that's just what's mostly available. So, um, you know, I can kind of the trade talks simmer on some of these, these guys. Um, I mean, you can see, you know, some of these guys that just signed with the one year deal for arbitration. I don't know if, you know, Pavetta comes up. I don't know if O'Neill comes up, but like, you know, these guys that are on short term uh, contracts here, um, we'll see. We'll see. So, um, you know, Jansen is, is interesting too. Cause you know, you see Hendricks is, you know, now on our roster and is coming back yeah. supposedly for the all-star break. So, you know, again, I don't expect it if we're contenders, but I do expect it if, uh, if, if we're out of the race. All right. All right. I'm going to last question. I'll ask you're a Red Sox fan. How, what is your level of dislike for the Yankees? Is it one of the, are you, I absolutely hate them. They're the worst team in the, the league They're you know, or are you more of a milder Red Sox fan when it comes to the rivalry against the Yankees? Uh, I'm, I'm in the middle ground. Way? Um, so, you know, just the, you know, going to school in New York and, you know, my sister's now married to a Yankees fan and then, you know, it's, it's fun to talk baseball with your friends when both teams are competitive. Right. So at at the end of the day, like 
if you know we're in the bottom of the AL East and the Yankees are you know in fourth place, like it's not really that fun. You know, the rivalry yeah. is fun when both teams are really good. The rivalry yeah. is not fun, and the engagement level goes down when both teams are playing poorly. So yeah. it's not that I you know I don't root for the Yankees, of course, but to some of the most phenomenal games I've ever watched and some of the most excited times I've ever had as a fan have been when these two teams have been at the peak of their success. Right. So um, I, I don't, I, if, if they are at the bottom of the league, great. But if we can bring back some of these big rivalry games that really, you know, kind of you get goosebumps thinking about as a fan of either one of these teams, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. I will say watch last year, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, the the battle of a fourth and a fifth place team was not the most riveting. I think no. one of the, one day their lineups were just so terrible, and it was just like embarrassing to see who both teams were running out at that point <laughs> um, towards the end of the year. Um, so yeah, I do like I do. I mean, I don't want the Red Sox to you know ever be better than the Yankees. That's you know natural. I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, of course, and. You know, there are moments where I've hated the Red Sox more than anything in the world. You know, like 2014 sound, you know, is probably one of the worst seasons I had to endure <laughs> as a <laughs> Yankee fan. But, um, you know, those are moments, not 2014, 2004. Sorry. Oh, um, I, I knew you were going for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the trauma. I'm trying, I'm moving things around <laughs> by decades at this point. Um, you know, but there is something about those those games where they are both good and you have a, you know, a strong like pitching matchup at the top of the road, you know, with the top of the rotation guys going at it, um, you know, a, a coal sale kind of battle, a wild card game, things like that. Those those are exciting to watch um, and be a part of. There's nothing worse than like a Sunday night baseball game when they're both on at eight o'clock and you're like, oh. I don't, I don't want to see either of these teams. At this yeah. Point. Yeah. That's kind of where we were at last year for sure. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm all here for uh, competitive nature, but of course that certainly is dictated by the Sox being slightly better than the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every, if every once in a while, the Red Sox finish in last place and the Yankees finish in first, I'm fine with it. That That's totally. fine with me. I, I can live with a couple of years like that, but. Um, but the, the, the rivalry is, is good when is best when it, they are both good. So, yeah, cool. All right. Um, I think that's where we'll leave it off then. Well, you're, you know, you've given us a positive spin on on what the Red Sox could be for 2024. I hope so. Um, I'd like to say, you know, we'll come back and revisit this mid mid season. (laughs) We'll, We'll have you back on. We'll see where things are, who who's let who's there, who's not, who's up, who's down, um, and, and kind of go from there. And uh, you know, we'll we'll have another beer together and talk Yankees, Red Sox. Hopefully, when it's a, you know, it'll be a, a good matchup at that point. Uh, and uh, and yeah, is there anything you want to tell people about where to follow you, where you know where they can find you and follow you on uh, in social media? Yeah, my Instagram handle is at Colin Drinks Beer. Very simple, straight to the point. Uh, it's what I do in my free time, and it's just laid out. Easy to remember. Uh, nothing too tricky there. So, at Colin Drinks Beer. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll engage a little bit more with uh, some great Colorado beers, but I got a few trips planned over the course of the year, too, that uh, certainly will bring some spotlight on some other spots. So, we'll go from there. Nice. 
Awesome. Yeah, and we'll definitely have you have you back mid-season talk Red Sox, Yankees, and and beyond, and uh, and beers and travels and all that good stuff too. So, right thank you, Colin, for joining me. I appreciate it, and uh, look forward forward to to seeing you and talking baseball with you the rest of the year. Sounds great. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate you having me. Cheers. Cheers. We appreciate you listening to the No Bad Hops podcast. We hope you'll join us for to listen to some of the other season previews for this year and join us after opening day where we will have a lot of great things planned. Uh, we're looking forward to being part of your podcast rotation for the 2024 season. You can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Be sure to follow me at Major League Brews on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to continue seeing the beers I'm drinking, the baseball I'm watching, and video highlights from No Bad Hops as well. If you have any ideas or show, for the show, questions or comments, or you want to join the conversation, you can direct, uh, direct message me on Instagram or email me at aabrew162 at gmail.com. And you can listen to other of the podcasts that are part of the Fans First Sports Network uh, by following along on our social medias over at FFSN on Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and X. So we thank you again for joining us. Cheers, and we look forward to seeing you soon.